Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Philadelphia Phillies player next year. We don't know. Nick Cassianos, Reese Hoskins, Aaron Nola, Sonny Gray, so many names that are being tossed around. Welcome to PHLY Phillies podcast. Jamie Lynch, Renee Washington, Tyler Zuli. We've got a lot to get into today. Who said the offseason? God bless you, Tyler. Who said anything about the offseason being off? I mean, we are not that. Yesterday alone was just a lot of different reports coming out from Dave Dombrowski's comments to different, uh, you know, conversations at winter meetings. It's been a crazy time. Welcome into the chat. There's a lot of you guys that are already in the chat sharing your thoughts. Uh, listen, we're going to get into all of that today. We're going to do a deep dive, unpacking all that happened in the last 24 hours since we saw you last. And there's plenty of that to get into today, Jamie. Yeah, this is uh, a more uh, rumor mill heavy GM's meetings than I ever recall. Um, maybe it's because the Phillies themselves had a lot of questions. Do you run it back? Do you do you change it up? Uh, it obviously starts with the Bryce Harper news, uh, but there's a lot of early rumors, uh, as you mentioned, Sonny Gray, which we'll get into. But there's a lot of league notes coming out of these GM Ooh. meetings, uh, and it appears they've actually called the meetings off uh, early because there was a virus going around and. I guess a lot of executives got diarrhea and they ran for the hills. Too much of, conversation up close in each other's faces. Yeah, a bunch of cowards. <laughs> I mean, is, is diarrhea really that bad? You throw in an emodium, you get back down there. Um, and play like a champion. No excuses, Renee. Yes. Uh, but Let's- yes, the GM's meetings called off a little early. Uh, <laughs> but I would imagine agents and front office execs are still uh, in lines of talk because there's been... Look, I'm not uh, going to tell you the last 16 years I've studied the GM's meetings every single year and tracked <laughs> the amount of rumors, but it certainly feels like it's more active than it's ever been. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Let's go through some of the comments in the chat. I want to. I know you guys were in there before we even began the show. Love that. Hit that like button. Continue dropping oh, comments. Mickey we're likes be your sharing. fall look. Oh, thank you, Mickey Durkin. A lot of earth it tones. Is, I, <laughs> I am bringing the earth. Listen, we're both switching up a little bit. Jamie's wearing sneakers I got today. sneakers on. I'm yeah. wearing more earth tones, and I'm embracing the fall um attire because tis the season um yeah i was, I so- was around a bunch of high school kids today <laughs> and i was like all right i gotta put sneakers on i was like what are my coolest hippest those shoes are some, those are cool yeah those are some classic show them off, show them off oh yeah so can't go wrong can't so go they, wrong so the kids wouldn't roast my ass so i put on my uh my jays and uh, automatically won some cool points just from your kicks yeah. alone uh yeah but, but i am wearing socks and I, I will admit i hate it my feet they're like sweat boxes my feet are trapped. Listen, today we have so much to get into, and I don't want to roast you yeah, right now the way that I need to roast you because just... I am a sock slippers type Ugh, of person, gross. and you can't even wear socks or sneakers. I don't understand, but yes. All right, so I saw um, MBDBDBF you're talking about. They just announced Bryce wants to play first. Why would we be talking Vlad Jr.? We're going to talk about that for sure, um, about Bryce. Vlad and- Jr.? What is going on? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Tyler, I'm sorry. I know you're you're working away, but when you get a chance, can you scroll up a little bit for me? I know I saw a lot. Eugene Crowd, you're saying the culture may need some tweaking, maybe too much of a fraternity vibe, and that's, hey, hey, I, 
I've got thoughts. I've got thoughts. Um, Dave, you called Otani to Rangers eight months ago. Uh, DJ, welcome in, DJ1698. You're saying, yes, trade Cassie. You can't take him whiffing all the time. Ah, whiff it. Whiff it good. That's not the real song, but I changed the words, if you didn't <laughs> notice, Jamie. And then Kim is saying, with Nola and Hoskins, uh, can you actually move the mouse a little bit? I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry, Tyler. With <laughs> Nola and Hoskins not coming back, we can use their salaries for pitching. Casting needs to stay. Trout can't stay healthy. I know there were some comments about Trout in the chat. We're not talking about Mike Trout, I don't think, on here. Other names that we're going to be getting into, plenty of names. Gosh, where do we even begin? Let's start with Nick Castellanos because I think that was the one out of everything that happened yesterday that really surprised me that reports have indicated that there are discussions that the Phillies could be looking to trade one of their you know, core players. And so the question is, who was that? Oh, yeah, it's Nick Castellanos. Cassie Clutch could be Cassie out the door. And so Nick Castellanos, um, who we've talked about yesterday, of course, financially looking at his how much money's left. According to MLB.com's Mark Fizan, the Phillies are saying that they are open to trading Nick Castellanos. Um, the, that he actually was quoted saying, who's, the Phillies are open to the idea of trading Nick Castellanos, whose streaky ways and disappointing performance in the NLCS could result in an offseason change. Of course, we did see that very frustrating performance, uh, just one hit in the NLCS, and that was in game one. And as we talked about, Nick Castellanos with three years left on his deal, a lot of money that's uh, going Nick's way and someone that could absolutely be a big tool and piece in a trade with having a $60 million uh, over the next three seasons that he's owed. So Nick Castellanos, what were your first thoughts when you heard that report coming out that possibly Nick is done and uh, Mark is saying that might be looking to make a move on him? Yeah, so it's from Mark Faison who works for uh, MLB Network and MLB.com. He's been pretty... Uh, Pretty good in the past. He got a one-on-one -on -one with Dave Dombrowski, so I'm sure they had some conversations. Uh, the first first time I considered this as a possibility was, I think, Monday when I read the reports or the rumors, I should say, um, that Artie signed existing contracts uh, were a hotter commodity than they've been in the past uh, compared to the open market free agent contracts that teams are looking for. Um, so immediately I thought of Nick Castellanos because – I actually think a three or $60 million deal for him. I don't want to say undervalued, but it's a pretty damn good team friendly deal. Um, I don't think that's a lot of money. I I'm not pushing Nick out the door because I think Nick is a really good player. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't want to rush to do this just to possibly downgrade. Like I, I think one, you'd have to get something decent back and you're probably not going to get an outfielder back for him. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe there's a high-end bullpen piece you could get for him. It all depends on the, the trade partner you find. Uh, I'm not rushing to do this by any means, uh, but I certainly would take calls on him. So I'm more on the side of keep Castellanos, but okay. I'm certainly not saying no to any phone calls that come my way uh, because I, I do think that's a pretty decent deal for a guy. Uh, baseball's tough. There's a lot of ups. There's a lot of downs. And when Nick's ups are up, they're spectacular. Mm -hmm. When his downs are down, they're horrific. And he looks like he's never played Major League Baseball before. So, you know, the guy you would get, uh, and we'll talk about some of those outfield names today, is it really that much better than Nick Castellanos? I don't really know the answer to that. Yeah. Uh, because some of these guys, in terms of free agents, eh, you know, like very comparable players to Nick Castellanos, then the question becomes, can you get them for cheaper and address more holes elsewhere? That would be one of the mm -hmm. other reasons why you do it. So uh, certainly not rushing to trade them, but uh, also not saying no to anything either. So that's kind of where I fall on the Castellanos thing. Uh, how about yourself? Yeah, I think when I look across the board at the outfield, we we all know Nick Castellanos is most capital the most opportunity and, and compared to Brandon Marsh, Yoro, Johan Rojas, and Kristen Pache, <laughs> uh, Nick Cassianos is the one that has the most opportunity if you're looking at a trade piece. So I, I think the value that he ha has makes him worth, as you talk about dangling him in some conversations. I don't think you, I agree with you, actually. I don't think you have to jump and it's this panic. Let's get rid of him. We don't want him anymore. But I do think that Nick Cassianos, if you're talking about, 
possibly bring in somebody cheaper, possibly maybe now you could bring in a couple guys off of that 60 million, three years, you know, who knows what possibilities are out there in the trade market. So I like the idea of packaging him in a trade because let's be honest, what are you really going to get from Yoro? I mean, granted he had a, a great center field performance, but his at bats aren't great. I don't um, even want him on the opening day roster. Johan yeah, Ross. exactly. What are you going to get from, so from him? Like Brandon Marsh, like Nick Cassianos is someone that gives you more trade value and not to mention, actually, I know Eugene Krabs said it in the chat about maybe shaking things up in terms of the culture. This might be an opportunity. Oh, Tyler. <laughs> Jamie didn't see it. I saw it, so it's fine. What? Um, yeah, uh, Jamie didn't see it. We're good. We're good. Today. It's fine. Yeah, have, it's I fine. Have, I might have to have Chris send me a new one. Everything's fine. I, I thought. I'm no, I'm going to get one right. Not even get Citizens Bank Park I'm going to get one right. right. Jamie is not. I've Finally. Finally, I'm, I'm sure. going to get one. Um, but what I like is the idea that we're at least having this conversation. I think if anything else... And you guys that have watched the shows, Jamie and Tyler, you know this. I have been consistently on that hill of needing to make some changes. And you can't continue to bring back the same personnel because talent aside, the way that these guys bring the best out of each other or the worst out of each other is not has not been successful enough because there's no championship. So there needs to be a change. Aaron Nola or pitching is a change in general. Yes. But I do think on the other side, there needs to be a change in the outfield and the at-bats. So to be able to at least see that we're Dave Dombrowski's having these conversations makes me very encouraged that the Phillies have listened to us. Dave's been listening to us here at PHOI Phillies podcast. Maybe, maybe not, because I do think it's time to shake things up a little bit, get some new blood, get some new voices but in the. You clubhouse. also don't want to shake it up too much. No, no, and I've never been. I've but never like, been the. But think about the changes already button. coming. Reese Hoskins and Aaron but, Nola. I mean, so like, like I don't want to. I don't want to shake it up just for the sake Aaron of shaking Nola's it up not because guaranteed. the success Reese they've is not had guaranteed. is. Legit, like I know it hasn't resulted in a title, but making an NLCS in a World Series in back-to-back years, you're 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 damn close. You're knocking on the front door. So, I think the Aaron Nola change is is a big one. Um, I think Reese Hoskins change is a big one. I don't know. I, I'm one of still... them is one of those three is coming back. In my opinion, I don't see a world where all three of them are out the door. So that's where I think it's it's good. I just you're don't want to shake it up that much. Because and I've never been a throw it all away and start over because I think the Phillies are a couple of pieces away. I don't think it needs to be a drastic change. But uh, my point is, I like the fact they're at least having these yeah, conversations I, I like that too. because there is clearly a need to shake things up. And now you can entertain some of these trade talks. You're sitting in a really good position with someone like Nick. You know what you're going to get from him. And now you're sitting in a good position to at least toy with the ideas, have some feelers out there, see what's what's coming back from other teams. And if there's some that makes sense, find a way to, you know, maybe you make the move. But I don't imagine any world where you're going to be seeing – Aaron, Reese, and Nick walk out the door. I do think that some of them are coming back. I know in the chat, uh, Mickey Durkin, you're saying you were the kiss of death because you bought a Nick Castellanos jersey. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you'll still be able to wear that jersey. Yes, I some think of it's you more caught- likely he's here than not. Like, if I had to give it a pie chart, I think it's 75% he's here. I think that's fair. 25% he moved. Um, like you said, I mean, he he's a trade candidate because he could potentially bring you something. Because that contract is fair by open market standards. You know, when you when you look at what guys are projected to make, I mean, a guy like Alex Verdugo, who to me, like, is just fine, like mm. barely moves my needle at all. He's projected to make, you know, 10 or $11 million on the open market. So, right. like, I'd have to see where the other improvement, like, it's hard to talk about that in... Uh, a speculative form because of what route you would go with it. Like, where are you spending the money you're saving? Right. Who are you signing to replace him? Cause it's not like other sports where it's like a one for one trade where you're trading Nick Castellanos and just getting a cheaper right fielder. Mm-hmm. You're trading him for either a prospect or a bullpen guy. And then you're freeing up money to spend. So like speculatively, none of these outfielders I like as much as I like Castellanos. So it's like, all right, so if that's – and I agree with you. Like, I like that they're having these conversations because Dombrowski is historically pretty aggressive, uh, and he's usually pretty quick-moving in these things. So the fact he's having these conversations is good. Learn what his value is. It's what Howie Roseman does every single week mm-hmm. in the NFL. You got to know what guys are worth. Um, I, I just – I don't know who's going to replace him in right field. Is it a Jorge Soler? Is it a Teoscar Hernandez? Is it an Adam Duvall? Like some of these names I like, but I don't 
and I don't really love Nick either. I like Nick. I like him. I like him a lot, but I don't love him. <laughs> uh, and I don't really love any of these free agents. So it's like, a, it's a, it's a tough conversation because it not is. in terms of like, I care about his feelings, but in terms of like, what's the replacement plan yeah. because it's not straight up a one for one type of thing. No, no. And I know Dave Dombrowski was telling reporters, the Phillies are pretty well set <laughs> on the position player side. Also, there's been comments as you guys are talking about moving Bryce to back into right field. He did of course mention that the plan is to play Bryce only at first base next year and that there are no plans to occasionally play him in right field. That's coming from Dombrowski himself. And I, and I think and that's said, the best case for the team. Yeah. Honestly. He said also that he feels like he's in a position at first base where you can now start to think about Bryce's future and you can start, you know, as he's aging, oh, of course, him, yeah. it definitely preserves him so that Bryce, you know, can gladly go to outfield, but he's committed to bring that type of guy and, and be that first baseman so I know the conversation in chat some people are making the the argument of if you do get rid of Nick Cassiano to trade him you can have reset first base and move uh, Bryce back into I, right field but of course the Phillies aren't looking happen. to do that so I, I think that another point of it is as mentioned was with Nick Cassiano's being floated out there you can get some prospects back from maybe you can get somebody cheaper and where that's you know now that 60 million Three years is being able to be spread over maybe a couple guys. I don't know. But I do think it's great, in my opinion, and very encouraging that Dave Dombrowski is at least having these conversations because my biggest pet peeve has been let's not do the exact same thing next year and expect different results. So Aaron Nola conversations are happening. Reese Hoskins conversations are happening. Nick, and who knows who else. I mean, we haven't heard anything about Brandon Marsh, but – the fact that these conversations are being had shows me that Dave Dombrowski and the Phillies also can acknowledge like we have. And I know um, some people in the chat were saying it, Lisa, different people were saying it, that there needs to be a change in the, in, on the other side of the ball as well, not just on pitching. So that part has been encouraging for me that I was like, okay, good. I feel a little bit better about the future of the Phillies and uh, some changes that we might see coming up. Yeah, some of the chats were talking about, you know, could you, do, you know, like you said, Reese, let me just say this as somebody that um, hasn't talked to Bryce Harper directly, but just I feel like I have a good read on this just from like knowing who Bryce Harper is. Bryce Harper doesn't want to be the bad guy. Mm -hmm. He wants to play first base every day. End of story. Like, I don't think Reese Hoskins is gone. All right. We just have to accept that he is gone. I don't think there's any scenario where you move Castellanos to keep, uh, you know, Reese in the system. Bryce Harper is never going to say that because he knows what it means for Reese Hoskins. He, is, he yeah. essentially signed his, his death certificate with the Philadelphia Phillies. Now the Phillies <laughs> are going to fall on the sword for Bryce Harper and say, well, we want to preserve him and we believe yes. he's a gold glover and we want him there. They're going to do all that because Bryce Harper wants to play first base. Yeah. He got a taste of the action on the infield, realized he's really good at it, realized he can be potentially great at it with the more, you know, muscle memory reps and kind of cerebral part of first base, um, you know, a whole off season of it and a whole nother season. The guy's going to be a phenomenal first baseman. And Bryce Harper knows my best chance. Look, he's coming off a major throwing yeah. surgery from his, uh, his UCL because he was gunning down people in the outfield. So I think Bryce Harper absolutely wants to play first base. So I don't see any scenario. I repeat, no scenario where Reese Hoskins is back here. Now, I hope this doesn't get freezing cold taked uh, <laughs> in two months when they do something crazy outside the box. Uh, but Reese Hoskins is destined to be a DH. He's not a good defensive player in baseball. The man is a pretty good DH. Um, so I, I just don't see any scenario where he's back. I fully believe Bryce Harper wants to preserve his career by playing first base where it's less strain on your body. He's just not going to come out and say that, you know, when he gets yeah. a microphone in front of his face in spring training, he's going to be like, no, you know, I told the team whatever was best for yep. the team yep. and this and that behind closed doors. He's going, I know this means no more Reese, but I want to play first base. Correct. And that's what he should say. Um, and I like your disclaimer because the internet is ruthless and they will oh, yeah. come they pulling things later. Like my song that I came up with like two months ago got recirculated that I was the reason why the Phillies lost. It's fine. How Everything's you, fine. Renee? It was all me, guys. It was all me. But uh, you're right. You know, We don't know how this is going to age. But in this moment right now, as you're mentioning, Bryce Harper doing the correct thing. You don't come out if you're Bryce Harper and say, this is where I want to yeah. play. Otherwise, you come across like selfish. <laughs> exactly. You come across like a jerk because you know what that means for Reese. Or even if you said you want to play right field, that's not on him to say. That's what Dave, that's what Rob, that's what they should be talking about. So that's a I agree with you. Meeting. It is a great yeah. 
great, great thing to see that Bryce knows how to stay politically correct because a lot of players out here, unfortunately, do not and just run off at the mouth. And Bryce says all the correct things. That's why he's Bryce Harper, who we yeah, love. Yeah, he's, he's so, been media like yes. uh, PhD'd <laughs> oh. uh, in life. He's been doing this since he was like 16 years old. He knows oh, yeah. how that would come off, uh, you know, saying uh, Reese is gone. And that's what Dave Dombrowski's job is for, to have yeah. the hard comments and statements and conversations. And, and I know you sell it as Dave Dombrowski did yesterday, which, I, which I actually believe that Bryce Harper mm-hmm. is a baseball savant. He's a freak. He's the fastest kid alive. I actually believe he could be a gold glove first baseman. I mean, to see a guy come in and play it for the first time at that level that he did is, mm-hmm. is borderline unbelievable. Uh, you know, everybody always says, oh, first base, you just put somebody at first base. They're fine. You know, Alec <laughs> Bohm sucked in the field for the first two years. It was like, just put him at first base. First base is hard to play. It's yeah. not as easy as people think it is to play. You're involved in perhaps the most plays. Uh, it's a very cerebral position. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's hard. So I, I do believe Dave Dombrowski when he says that Bryce Harper can be a gold glove first baseman. Yeah, exactly. I know Big Mike McAdee, you're saying uh, defense needs a huge upgrade. I know Charlton Harley, you're saying it's ironic that Hoskins got injured fielding a routine ground ball in spring training. Um, I know Lisa's saying that she also agrees 100% first base is best for Bryce yeah, in his career. I think it's best for the team. And I agree. I, I know I, I agree with what they're talking about, what Dave's mentioning about the longevity of his career as well. Sure. And we, yes, we love Reese. It is hard to have this conversation. Let's Let's switch over into the comments that did officially come out from Dave Dombrowski about Reese and about Bryce Harper. I know Dave P you're saying Bryce can't focus solely on hitting at first. So let's, let's, let's recap it because we're all talking Bryce. There's a Reese. lot happening let's in the GM's there. meeting. Our pets are falling Holy off. Crap. All right. So Todd Zaleski shared it first. That's where I saw it at least. Um, and was, was sharing the quotes from Dave Dombrowski on Bryce Harper. Now, Dave was saying, we decided we're going to play him, Bryce, at first base. He's happy to do whatever he wanted, we wanted him to do. Yeah, okay. He said he'd play first base or the outfield. Again, like you said, Jamie, yeah. the politically correct comments. <laughs> and Dave said he feels great, but the more we talked about it internally, we liked the idea of playing him at first. And then Dave also was saying that he did speak with Reese Hoskins to tell him about the decision and that Harper will be the everyday first baseman. He will not play right field. The Phillies see Kyle Schwarber as the primary DH, essentially leaving Hoskins nowhere to play, of course. And uh, so Dave had the conversation with Bryce on Friday at Citizens Bank Park, allegedly, and then had the conversation with Hoskins on Sunday to tell him about the team's decision. So that's how we landed here because we all team's heard it officially decision. get right. That's we all heard it officially get listeners. dropped and broken. Um, but as we're talking about, the plan is for Dave, as Davis said, for Bryce Harper to be able to stay at first base. He did finish the regular season with some great numbers, um, tied for third highest OAA among Phillies. First baseman since 2016. He finished with one defensive run saved, according to fan graphs. Um, and, and again, that's not even with a full season under your belt. And that's the numbers he had plus two outs above average in the regular season. All this is with him being thrown into a very new position and exceeding a lot of expectations. So that's how we landed here. And unfortunately, that does mean bye-bye Reese. I mean, the I saw people tweeting about it, starting to say their goodbyes, talking about their favorite moments with Reese. It's not an easy thing at all. Uh, there's to, been to some do. Great, there's been some really fun moments with. That's been uh, so many. Reese, I saw our buddy John Foley, who will be joining yes. us tomorrow, put out like a, a montage of all of his home runs from <laughs> uh, last year. I mean, obviously the bat spike is going to be like first on a lot of people's minds. Uh, but another Twitter account I love absolutely hammered put out. I think my favorite Reese Hoskins moment when he hit a home run versus the Mets, and he took 45 seconds to get around the bases. He did the slow <laughs> jog up at City Field, and he, you know him and Bryce did the uh, arm yes, hook meathead iconic. celebration. Forty-five seconds. Uh, I love that. And Reese was awesome in the community. Uh, he does a ton for like the Muscular Dystrophy Foundation. Uh, he did some great events right down the street at our friends at Yards Brewery. So mm-hmm. he was like an A plus Philly in the clubhouse in the community. Uh, you know, probably exceeded expectations a little bit for what he was supposed to be in Major League Baseball. So all, all in all, you know, it sucks to see a guy that was here during the lean years miss out on more championship windows. And part of me thinks like back all the time, I'm like, how different would this season have been if you had Reese protecting Bryce in, uh, you know, an NLCS where Alec Bohm wasn't forced into the four hole? It could have been a lot different because one of the things I'll miss about Reese Hoskins is, that man could have an at bat. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. He had, he drew a lot of walks. He suits, he saw a lot of pitches. Uh, and when he was hot, his power was as good as anybody in baseball. Uh, again, and there was ups and downs to it, but he always gave you quality at bats. Mm-hmm. It is, it's, it's tough because there were so many moments throughout the course of, especially the postseason that we were thinking about how things would be different with Reese Hoskins yeah. out there and what, you know, how much we were wanting Reese and we even were talking on the show as we were projecting him to possibly be back for the playoffs and what that looked like. It was so much excitement. But then on the other side of it, we would have never seen Bryce lock down first base. And I, I, sports are such a, in general, such like a weird movie where you just never can predict what's going to happen. When we all saw Bryce Harper learning and, and working at first base way, way, way back in the early parts of the spring, we were all wondering, okay, what does this look like? How will Bryce actually step into first base? When will he be back? How will he return? So many questions. And Bryce Harper was steady at first base. So then you're feeling that sadness because it's very bittersweet. You discovered that Bryce Harper is a better first baseman than Reese Hoskins, but oh, yeah. we love Reese Hoskins. Tyler might which, be a better first baseman which, than Reese Hoskins. <laughs> which makes it bittersweet because... Excuse you, I was a good defensive first baseman. <laughs> I don't thank doubt you. it. But, that, but it makes it a bittersweet moment because then it's like, oh, but where does that leave Reese? Because with Kyle Schober at DH, which we also love that move as well, not having to see him in the outfield, where does that leave Reese? So it's, it is hard because had Reese not gotten injured we're not I don't know that we're having these conversations because you don't get a chance to see Bryce at first so so many speculatory what ifs and if this had happened should have could have what of this yeah the ACL but injury crazy. changed the literally changed, changed the his tra- career trajectory changed his career yeah it really did and and uh, I know, uh, you know one of the other things that's been a talking point as we're talking about all this and how it affects the outfield and which decision one thing I'm not interested in is trading Kyle Schwarber um <laughs> I know people have mentioned that. And if you know me and the way I've <laughs> talked about Schwarber, um, I just don't love him as a leadoff. I love him as a guy in the clubhouse and what he brings to the team. I think he's an absolute bargain. So, like, if you were to trade one of Castellanos or Schwarber, I'm trading Castellanos. Yeah. Um, so I saw some people in the chat mentioning, you know, trading Schwarber. I, I think he's an absolute bargain. There's only two years left, and the guy's uh, – I saw one of these advanced analytic accounts. He's projected to be second in – home runs again next year behind mm-hmm. Aaron judge. So you just don't give those guys away for the sake of giving them away. Um, so yeah. I, I personally would not trade Kyle Schwarber. I think it's too good of a contract and he hits far too many home runs. Yeah. Well, as we're talking through Nick Castellanos, we've talked about Reese Hoskins future. And there's and- another guy that we still have to talk about, but the good thing is I think it's, these are Philly through and through and as we're talking on the farewell tour for, for somebody, official, we haven't had the official you know, verdict yet, but we are reading between the lines that the days with Reese Hoskins oh, specifically are, are numbered. He's gone. Aaron Nola numbered. So you guys can go over to FOCO and check out their merchandise. Maybe you want to represent. I know Mickey Durkin, you said you felt like it was a kiss of death. Well, maybe it's a positive opportunity for you to go over to FOCO, buy some of the merch of your favorite players. I, I kind of like being able to have the iconic where they started in their career, like a Phillies bobblehead of someone like Reese or something like that. So going over to FOCO, you can be able to purchase any apparel, merchandise, shoes, hats, overalls, wall hangings, whatever it is in terms of collectibles that you're looking for. And using the code PHOY, you can get 10% off of your purchase at FOCO. They've got great prices. They've got great products that honestly you don't really see anywhere else. And a great chance for you to be able to rock your favorite teams at FOCO using that code PHLY. Well, I know you guys are in the chats chiming in. We've switched over to NOLA. As you guys are listening, for anybody tuning in across podcast platforms, thanks for tuning in, listening to the show afterwards. But you, even though you're not live joining us, can still, as many of you do, tag us on Twitter, jump in the Discord channel that we have for all of our diehards to be able to keep the conversation going because every day has been a lot so far i love it and it's been great it's been very fun to watch because you're just constantly i'm getting the mlb updates again and i'm like yes finally the mlb app updates are something i can look forward to or maybe not look forward to so the other name that you guys have been tossing around that we have not officially addressed yet aaron nola because we did start to hear the conversations as john morosi tweeted out the phillies are interested in sunny gray sources say and will be a top suitor for him if they do not retain free agent Aaron, Aaron Nola, Gray and Philly pitching coach Callum, uh, Caleb Cotham are former college teammates and worked well together while 
Cotham was with the Reds, so they have that history. And Sonny Gray, who I brought up as a pitcher to possibly bring in in my list, um, has now been deemed as one of the or the front runner to replace Aaron Nola. In the chat, you guys have already started talking about Nola. I think that sucks. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's a massive downgrade uh, from Aaron <laughs> Nola. Like, Sonny Gray's okay. He's he's solid. He's coming off a career year. He was a, a Cy Young finalist. I just think the drop-off from Nola to Gray is a massive one. And he's a guy that's getting up there in age. Like, is he going to get better? I don't know. Did he unlock something last year in Minnesota uh, that he can take forward for another two or three years? Like, I understand you're going to get him at a much cheaper rate than Aaron Nola, but I think that's a big drop-off. Uh, this is... I'm not like disagreeing with your opinion because there's a very real scenario where he's here. Um, I just think it's 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 big. I didn't I, give an opinion yet. I was reading the details. No, no, no. well, you're one of your guys. You know, <laughs> oh that yeah, you I looked at him as a starting. Yeah, like, yeah, it's a very real possibility. <laughs> clearly, but I just think like your starting rotation is worse, and well, that's like and look if it's Sunny Gray and somebody else. And two extra bullpen arms. Okay, maybe it balances out. But ultimately, like, pitching is not why they lost. So to downgrade, and look, I think there's only one or two guys in this entire free agent class, pitching-wise, that is equal to or better than Nola, and that's Yamamoto, potentially. We don't know. Right. Uh, and Blake Snell, I think, is, is you know, but he doesn't have the durability that Nola has. So every, everything else is a downgrade. Uh, mm -hmm. Whether it's Jordan Montgomery or Sonny Gray or whoever, you're, yeah. ta you're taking a step back. And that's, uh, that's a tough pill to swallow a little bit. Yeah. So, you it's know, like I said with the Cassianos thing, you kind of have to see like what comes with it mm -hmm. and where you spread those resources out. Because if you're talking, say, Nola, you know, is going to get 25 to 30 a year. What are you spending that 25 or 30 on? Mm -hmm. If it means two or three pieces, does that counterbalance the one piece that you get every five days maybe uh but i just think starting pitching wise we're kind of due for a downgrade here um okay. because there's only two guys that are kind of equal to or better than like yeah. that's the way i view it and Aaron Nola's, I think, going to be missed. I really do. Yeah, yeah, I know in the chat, and, and it's exactly like you're touching on, Jamie, um, different people, and I know, Tyler, I'm sorry, there's a lot of comments. Keep the comments coming. If you could today. scroll up Everybody's a little bit. Yes, up. if you could scroll up a little bit um, and then and then work down. Yes, so uh, you guys are talking about Sonny Gray is the Vanderbilt legend. Uh, Mickey's on the Jamie train. I know a number of MBD people are also talking about. he's a bridge about, to, um, uh, correct, what's his name, uh, Painter. To Painter, not a bad solution. Fine, we don't know if Painter's actually going to be it or I not. I agree. Um, I know Chris, you're talking about, he's got a four plus ERA over the past three seasons. You can pay less for that. A number of you were saying that you don't like the, you know, it is a downgrade from Nola and we agree. And listen, that's why on the show, I guess it was Tuesday and the days are overlapping at this point. We talked, we all talked about the fact that Nola Snell and um, Yamamoto are the top three without a doubt. That's easily. I don't. I don't think anybody would disagree. And the three, the top three starting pitchers that are available are those down. three. And then after that, as we were talking to our four and five guy, that's where I brought Sonny Gray up because I do think that as some of you have touched on with Sonny Gray at 33 years old, I think he's a plug and play type of guy. I think he'll work well with Caleb. He's obviously worked with him in the past, and Cotham did a good job with helping him at Cincinnati kind of get over the hump a bit. I don't think he's someone you're bringing in expecting to be Aaron Nola. I think the only deal yeah, well, that would make sense sucks. for me is he's, he would come in and allow you to bring in other pieces because you could get him for cheaper. I'm a bargain shopper, but we're doing a lot of bargain shopping these days. Apparently with the Phillies is what it's feeling like. So there have been some different comments that have come out um, about the Phillies and just kind of like how this would play out. And it appears that the Phillies are possibly just doing this, putting this together as a backup plan. The initial hope is to, of course, be able to re-sign Aaron Nola. This is what sources are indicating. Yeah, I think but he's as good as the, gone. Yes, but of course, the Phillies have to have a plan in case Aaron Nola declines and walks. And their backup plan is to, if they can't re-sign Nola, then be able to bring in Sonny Gray as an alternative rotation option and then see what you can do from there. So obviously, the as we all talked about, there's not much out there better than Aaron Nola. But if you're able to at least... For Aaron Nola, you get someone like Sonny Gray and a couple other, you know, bullpen arms that you now can afford. 
I get I, that's what you got to work with. If Nola doesn't want to come back, got to move on and and well, he's find just going to make more money that the Phillies exactly. are uncomfortable matching. And that's so where you're going to lose out because Sonny he's going to request more. It looks like is estimated to get around four years and ninety million. Uh, so if you're talking mm-hmm. about a four year deal for Aaron Nola, that's probably going to be upwards of 120. Uh, so there is that 30 million dollars in savings that maybe some of that goes directly to Zach Wheeler for his extension. So like, that's another aspect of this. Like it's hard to react to one move in these situations because you have to know what the other uh, shoot a drop is with those situations. Um, The other thing about Sonny Gray and look, he does have some pretty impressive numbers. The thing that you're also going to lose out on is innings pitched. He's only gone over 150 innings. It looks like, uh, twice over the last six years. Uh, and with Aaron Nola, you know, you dealt with the ups and downs in the RAV four fourths innings, but that was 200 innings a year. You didn't have to sweat. Like you just knew he wasn't going to get injured. He was going to be there. He was Mr. Durable, Mr. Reliability mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Um, so from that aspect, y- you know, there's a good chance Sonny Gray isn't going to go over 170 innings, best case scenario. Um, So, you know, that's another aspect of it. But if you're getting Sonny Gray and saving some money, are you bringing in more bullpen arms? Are you bringing in maybe a top middle relief guy? Right. Stuff like that to eat those innings. Yeah, it's certainly possible. There's there's worse situations than Sonny Gray. It's just I think after those top three guys that we've discussed, Mm -hmm. it's a significant drop-off. Um, and Jordan Montgomery was a guy that I've seen now tied to the Phillies and the Red Sox uh, as a possibility. So Sonny Gray appears to be the top choice on the rumor mill here. Uh, but Jordan Montgomery, I read last night, uh, and I'll have to find who, who said that exactly. Uh, but he looks like another name, uh, that could be thrown in the mix here as well. It seems like, you know, John Heyman this morning said on MLB network, the Phillies will sign a top picture. Yeah. And he was emphatic about it and they have to, that's the you reality here. Yeah. Cause if you lose Aaron Nola and I think he's as good as gone, I think he's going to Texas or St. Louis, probably Texas. Um, you have to get somebody or your world series odds take a major hit mm-hmm. without a doubt. And obviously we know Dave, as we were talking about the, uh, you know, postseason conversations, Dave Dombrowski has always been saying the goal is to try to keep Aaron Nola, but Money is a factor here, a very big factor at that. And as we mentioned, and as we've talked about many times here, the Phillies simply will not be able to afford him, especially with Zach Wheeler and needing to give him more money. Um, I know Montgomery is someone that I would be highly, um, Christian, you'd be highly uncomfortable with. I also, I actually think on the opposite words I can speak guys and by the way Jordan Montgomery's Montgomery's, not cheap no no not at all but I do think he's a starting pitcher that you can keep an eye on and I know I highlighted him as well before because I do think he's gonna he much like Sonny Gray can give you kind of those insert immediately types of players you don't have to worry about you know, the development side, but back to Sonny Gray, a two seven nine ERA, um, in 184 innings across this year, Cy Young finalist definitely had a better season this past year. He is on the older side, but I know you guys are talking about in the chat as well, Sanchez and Suarez and, and what all this could mean for them. Um, I know scroll up a little bit, Tyler. I'm so sorry. I love that. We have so many comments in the chat, but I want to make sure I'm hitting on that. You feel the animals. Yeah, I want to hit on some of the different voices. Hypothetical man saying, uh, you've, of course, you have two nice pieces in Suarez and Sanchez, and that uh, MBD's got him drinking the Sanchez Kool-Aid. I like Zachary Sanchez Garforth, you're saying, you know, they have to take the reins off of Suarez eventually. I know uh, Mickey, you're asking about, does this Suarez. make Suarez the number two? And, you know, may, who I mean, knows? Sonny Gray's the two, ahead, if he's the guy that's here, even Jordan Montgomery, both of them are I twos. I think they're trying, they want to sign But Ranger's two. another guy. It's like, how many times has he gone over 150 innings? I don't know if he has yet. Uh, I'll have to go look at his his stats here. But like the innings thing is is a big deal, and mm-hmm. you know that's apparently why the Texas Rangers are in love with him because of his durability. So like, could Ranger be the number two? I hope not. And I love Ranger. You know I love Ranger. He's adorable. I know you love Ranger. Uh, but he's like a great number three to have. Um, but again, if you're bringing in Sonny Gray, that's that's fifty or sixty less innings you have to account for. And then that's assuming that Ranger Suarez is kind of able to hold up his end of the bargain and get over 150 innings. So it's, you know, that innings total thing becomes uh, an issue with who who you sign and who you go after here. And 
nobody really gives you what Aaron Nola gives you in that regard. Like, yeah, that's, that's just not something to sleep on in in these conversations. Yeah. And I actually, um, the reason I like so Jordan Ranger Montgomery, went over once well, 155 innings, wild. uh, 125 and 106 in his three major yeah. um, seasons as a starter. Yeah. So. And I think we, as we talked about early this week, there are good starting pitchers that are out there. I know as we're talking about Jordan Montgomery, someone who we saw struggle, um, in the in after he was traded to the Astros, that's because he only got to pitch in like eleven games. Uh, but in the postseason specifically, you saw him kind of get back to what Montgomery can do and be much better in his awesome. five starts with a two nine zero ERA in the postseason, awesome. a one thirty five WHIP in his thirty one innings pitched, gave up eleven runs. He was great in the postseason. I think. What I've looked at for the starting pitchers and much like the outfield, I know eventually we will finally get over and talk about the outfield and run through that quickly is the fact that you also have to look at situations and trending in the right direction because baseball, as we know, you can have a down year, you can have an up year. So when you're looking at those pieces that you're looking to bring in, someone like Montgomery or Sonny Gray, okay, what is their upswing? How could you use them? What, What roles would they play and how would they be a good fit? And so I think there are some... Guys that they're not Aaron Nola, but you can make it work. So Lisa in the chat brings a, a, a you know, a good point in, mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of these free agent discussions is the long-term deal um, yeah. versus the short-term deal. And now I'm not saying Aaron Nola is going to get a short-term deal. He's also going to get a long-term deal, but with Jordan Montgomery, the projections. And again, these are all just projections based on years prior and current, you know, speculative contract talks or whatever. Uh, is a six-year deal and $150 million as a ballpark. Um, Jordan Montgomery's been a good pitcher. Most teams, he's probably a really quality number two uh, on the majority of staffs. Six years? Do I know? Like, I don't know. Maybe that's a me issue where I just don't know Jordan Montgomery enough to project six years down the line. Um it's a hard thing to like get because that is a lot of money. Yeah. And, you know, while he's had a good career and a pretty consistent career, you know, where's his velocity at? Where's, uh, you know, you, you have to know a little bit about the guy and kind of what makes him tick. And do you feel comfortable going that six year, $150 million deal? Because Lisa's point is a lot of these long term deals end up biting teams in the ass. And, and it's true. And especially with pitchers, it's it's a really hard thing to project. Yeah, I think for Montgomery coming off of, you know, a great postseason where we saw him against the Astros in 14 innings, held them to just two runs in the ALCS, um, was a bit was a contributor in the World Series title run. 30 years old, six years, that is tough. And at least that's a great point you're bringing up. Um, I know MBD's adding off of Lisa's point. The great teams don't sign 30-year-old arms to seven-year yeah. deals. They replace them with Strider. Uh, Freed, yeah. Urias, he's not Mueller. wrong. You're right. I mean, I think that's look a tough at us, thing. MBD. Third, look you at guys us. on the same page for one. Yeah. I like that. It's, We're always on the same page. How are you? Yeah, he's just irrational with his. Uh, who was he talking about? He about? wasn't irrational because Hater is a terrible person. Well, no, 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 no it wasn't Hater. It was the one before that. Oh, uh, Blake Snell. Oh, uh, Blake, Blake Snell. The Blake Snell one. Snell. You guys are on different spots. Yeah. But well, that's all right. We're yeah, good. thirty years old. I don't know that a six-year deal would make sense that for him. That scares me a little it's bit. I'll be very honest. Very intimidating and. As we all know, once you get over the thirty-year-old, the thirty hump, things things move a little differently. That's uh, it's it's old in sports, unfortunately. So, I heard my hip yeah. sleeping the other night. I think so. Like, oh, yeah. I my hips. I'm thirty-one, and my hips pop <laughs> randomly. Knees are swollen randomly. It's it's tough. Um, but yeah, a lot to keep an eye on, and of course, yesterday we were like outlining things, and then a lot of stuff really broke through in the past 24 hours. So I'm interested to see what the next 24 hours holds. But with all that being said, Jamie, I know you, myself, Tyler, we want to quickly run through some outfield options. It's crazy to think how fast this time goes by on the show, but um, we obviously started to have to think, think through, okay, what op- options do you have to strengthen the outfield? Because Marsh, Pache, Rojas, Yoro, uh, Casty. Yoro's in the minors. I think you, you only get a nickname when you're up in the majors consistently <laughs> for a full year. Uh, your boy Yoro is going to start the year in the you minors. You can still get a nickname. Just, yeah. I guess. I don't know. I don't know the rules of nicknames, but <laughs> we've talked about the outfield. The outfield needs to be strengthened. So, Jamie, start us off with two guys that you think would be absolute great additions to the Phillies outfield. Yeah. So, like when I originally gave this list, I was 
kind of thinking of guys that could play left field because now that Kyle Schwarber's in his natural place of DH, uh, mm-hmm. it's a great spot for him to be. Um, Brandon Marsh, to me, like we talked about earlier, uh, Nick Castellanos being a trade chip. I actually think Brandon Marsh is a decent trade chip uh, because I think his stock improved here last year under Kevin Long. Uh, he improved as a hitter. Uh, he seems to like playing left field more than he likes playing center field. Regardless, he's a nice chip to have because he's versatile, meaning you could put him in left or center. I would prefer to have him in Pache as the everyday center field platoon. Okay. And with Pache, by platoon, I mean once or twice a week at most. Uh, so it would be Brandon Marsh in center field. Uh, that could open up left field. Or if you move Nick, it could open up right field. So you're kind of looking at these corner outfield positions. So I originally started thinking like uh, Tiasca Hernandez is a guy, and I know Tyler's cringing because he has a high strikeout rate. Um, <laughs> I originally had him in mind as a left fielder. Uh, now he can play either corner outfielder. He's kind of a below, an average at best fielder. Like he's not going to win any gold gloves for you. Um, but he was in Seattle this past year, uh, kind of had a slow start. Uh, but post-June, he put up really strong numbers, 26 home runs, uh, and uh, ended up with 93 R- RBIs over the year, played 160 games, so he's he's durable in that regard. Uh, he's had 25 home runs in each of his past four full seasons, and he has a career OPS of over 800. Uh, he has a strong arm, but as I said, you know, average at best fielder. Um, some people think he's going to be a DH in a couple years, which is – you know, a conversation you have with most guys that are average at best fielders. Uh, He does strike out a lot. That's the negative. Uh, But he's fairly consistent when it comes to OPS, batting average. I think a little more consistent than, um, say, Nick Castellanos. Uh, So Teoscar Hernandez is is definitely a guy that intrigues me some. Uh, Another guy, real quick, Jorge Soler. Another guy that's going to probably eventually be a DH. Um, so, you know, like those prospects, uh, that all comes into this equation because like Justin Crawford, who we'll dive into more this off season, he could be your everyday starting center fielder in two years. So does that make Rojas expendable? Does that make Marsh expendable? This is why, you know, Bill, uh, Brian Barber, Dave Dombrowski and Preston Mattingly get paid the big bucks because they have to calculate all of this, uh, into that. And then another guy I like potentially is Lord Escuriel who we just saw in the um, Arizona Diamondback series. Uh, here's a couple stats on him. Uh, 261, 309, 463 split, uh, 24 home runs, 82 RBIs last year. Now he's the opposite of Teoscar Hernandez, where he has a very low strikeout rate. Uh, struck out only just over 100 times last year, uh, and he's pretty consistent when it comes to home and road. So if you're looking for like a consistent upgrade, and Nick Castellanos is the guy to move on. Guriel is consistent. So those are three guys that kind of jump off uh, the free agent list to me. Uh, how about you, Renee? Where are you uh, falling on some of these outfielders? Yeah, so I actually was going to go with Guriel as well, but I wanted to I know talk MBD about... or somebody in the chat, Eugene Kraft, somebody's all Guriel. To me, I think he's like the top outfielder that I would that I'm very interested in, um, especially watching when he did the Phillies in the postseason. Sadly. But I wanted to give some other names because I don't want to just have the same exact names and agree with you. So I just wanted to toss out some names that people can kind of pay attention to for unique reasons. So first one's Cody Bellinger. I think at 28 years old, um, he can, what I like about, what I like about my lists and I'm not paying the bill, so I'm the money is what the money is. Yeah, you're but spending like, John Middleton's I'm, money. I'm a spender. Racking that credit card bill I just up. said I was a bargain shopper, but I, I am a spender with that too. Woo. So I'm looking – I like versatile pieces. Now, for Cody, did have a rough 2021-2022 season. Obviously, a 2019 um, National League MVP. We saw in the t- 130 games played in 2023, a 307, 356, 525 split. 26 home runs, 97 RBIs, had a career high in average and stolen bases, was the career best. Bargain and for the uh, exit velocity, lowest of his career, though. But I think that for him at 28 years old and having a, a rough stretch, that with the right group, maybe he can bounce back. We saw with the Cubs, it was kind of like a, a season of, of redemption and coming back. And I think for a, a multi-year deal that he could be a, someone that's a decent target to pick up. Um, I like the versatility, which is why I also went with somebody else 
that might raise some eyebrows in Whit Merrifield. Whit, because by the way, before we move on to Whit, do you know the projected numbers on Cody Bellinger? It's up there. It's very high. Now, again, <laughs> these are just speculative. <laughs> Twelve. You're the you're the you're the the money the the money person. I'm just the spend it yeah. all person. Twelve years, two hundred and sixty five million dollars. What's that's not what the Phillies would sign him for. I I am He's if, not if, that. if Cody Bellinger is anything over. He's not getting that. Six years, I'm out. Uh, Twelve He's, years is asinine. Uh, north of two hundred million dollars <laughs> is asinine because somebody said in the chat earlier, you know, high risk, high reward. Yeah. Uh, because he's not getting that. Uh, <laughs> he's not getting a, that. How, are you his agent? Yeah. Baseball's crazy. Yeah, because here's the thing: you had two really bad seasons. The reason why I like him is I think there's room for negotiation. I think you can have a conversation with Unless him and say, realistically, your San Francisco you're Giants who are from, desperate need are just going. Here's a blank check, man. Right? Yeah. Fill but do out. you want to play for a team that you could win a title? Do you want to play for a team nope, that made those guys I want mean, the bag? Hey, take the bag and go lose. That's the biggest part in sports: is guys will always take the if bag. If you don't want that deal because you'd rather go somewhere else where you can get paid, that's fine. We don't want you anyways. I like I like negotiating pieces because he's not. No one is Zachary. I agree with you. All no one is signing him for that. He's not getting that 12 years. He's not getting that. I don't think he's going to so, get 12 years, but the point is he's probably going to get north of $200 million. The San Francisco he, Giants have big pockets and they're desperate for outfielders. Somebody's going to pay him over $200 million. And that my is point. fine because then we don't want him anyways. Crazy. I agree with everybody that says he's not going to get that. No. That's crazy. I would ne- If you give Cody Bellinger 12 years as a GM, like you're probably not going to be the GM for much longer. No. But the fact is a lot of teams need outfield help. And some teams have money to spend. Well, spend away because that, we're not doing that here. But what I like is if you can negotiate, he's got some versatility. And who this past season was a much better season for him prior yeah, to the last really two years. Yes. So on the other side, I'm sticking with the versatility piece and someone that you could possibly get for less because you can negotiate. I'm all oh, about that too. Yeah, with Merrifield, sure. you can definitely get for less as well. 35 years old. He's on the other end of the age spectrum. He's on the the 30, the mid 30 side. 145 games played in 2023. A 272, 318, 382 split with just 11 home runs, 67 RBIs. 26 stolen bases, 201 steals, an eight-year career. And he started 67 games at second base and seven games in the outfield. I like the fact he can give you second base, outfield, kind of wherever you need him. We he's a three-time guy in Scott Kingery. He, he is a three-time all-star. And I think that versatility piece is something that I feel like the Phillies down the stretch, we were kind of like, okay, who do we move? How you know where I, I'm all about versatility. Injuries happen. Things happen throughout. The, it's a very long season. So to be able to have a guy that you can, if you notice my consistent theme is a plug and play type of a player. It's a win now mentality and focus on the rest later. So someone like Whit Merrifield, much like Sonny Gray for me in pitching is a plug and play type of guy. I think you can get him for less. And I think he can give you a nice versatile piece. That's just steady especially if you can bring him in with a couple other pieces. And I'm going to throw out there Jorge Soler because I know he's been mentioned as well. Yeah, well. I like Soler a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think he's someone that, you know, obviously we saw him winning World Series MVP honors. We saw him with a three-year, $36 million deal with the Marlins. And he's someone that, while I didn't want to lead off with him, I think that, um, you know, at 32 years old, can play outfield, can be a DH if you, you know, for in the future for somebody – um, someone that just that's been bounced around as a possible name. So my biggest thing I want to stress is I actually my favorite option is Guriel, but I feel like you already took Lord, so I'm not gonna just ride the Jamie train and continue saying the exact same thing as you. I'm gonna throw some other names out there that at least give you something different, maybe so financially. Your uh, Whit Merrifield, yes, I think he's been a guy that's been tied to the Phillies like kind of <laughs> every trade deadline every single year because it's just like <laughs> every team can use a Whit Merrifield. But to your point of his value. He's projected, and again, don't roast me. These are just you know <laughs> people uh, projecting these things that study this a lot more in depth than we do. Uh, he's projected for a two-year, eighteen million dollar deal on the market. Yeah, that's nice. So you know, like, yeah, he's great because he could come in and give Bryson Stott a breather. Um, and I know Sosa's going to be back, but like, yeah. he can he can give a lot of guys breathers. That versatility is clutch, and he's he's a very consistent offensive player. <laughs> Um, I knew somebody was going to say that. And I didn't mean, <laughs> all right, MBDBDBF, whatever. <laughs> I literally knew somebody was going to say that. Okay. I didn't want to, I don't want this to become a, like, we're all just saying the same things, fluffy show. I'm going to give you guys something that's going to make you think a little differently. Well, Merrifield yeah. might be a massive downgrade, but at least you can get him for cheap. Yeah, he's cheap. And listen, 
it's it's a numbers game too, just as much as it is uh, about talent. So yes, Dude. Tyler, let's go to you on that note. Yeah, what I what I really like about the, this game, especially today, that the way we've played it is we have three different people who have taken this like. Uh, taking this in three different directions. Oh yeah. Jamie went very top end. <laughs> if you're trading Castellanos, who do you replace? And these are these are the big name guys that you'd like to get. Renee, you went with versatility and guys that can play at a multitude of positions. I would approach this as if the Phillies were not moving Castellanos or Schwarber, and I was looking. Oh, for I want a, to ask her even if they don't move Castellanos. See, I want and, him being and, left field. And, and see, that's my thing is that the reason I stayed away from a lot of these guys is I, I don't believe Teoscar Hernandez nor Lords Goriel is a player that would take a fourth outfielder spot. Like okay. you would have to be able to no, like, be your starting left fielder so, unless Marsh is moving to center. That's where I'm putting them. So th that was why I kind of stayed away from it's uh, under the impression that you were looking for my, my thought was looking for a fourth outfielder. So I went for a little bit with, I went for a couple of different guys with a little bit more value. The first you is went a guy, to home goods instead of pottery barn. Pretty you know much. I mean. yeah, yeah. I, I, I went to Etsy <laughs> You can get some good shit at home goods. Though. Um, so I, I went with I guys that, that I think that are factory. Um, a little bit, <laughs> Older, a little bit, you know, have uh, some mileage on them, maybe some injury history as well, but probably would be willing to take a fourth outfield spot on um, some better teams. And the first guy is a guy that hasn't been healthy in a couple of years, but he's done that over the last two seasons is Michael Brantley. I like Michael Brantley. Um, he, he's a guy that I've liked since he was with Cleveland. Now, obviously the injury history has been extremely concerning. And I think he's only played in like 60 games over the last two seasons, but his yeah. last full season was 2021. He slashed 311, 362, 437. He's not the pop guy that he once maybe was, especially in his early days in Cleveland. Um, but he's a consistent hitter and he's a guy that's going to get on base for you at a, at a pretty high clip and I think what they were lacking was somebody who had some something coming off the bench that's not Jay Cave Brantley's a guy I think at this point of his career is looking for uh, a redemption arc and maybe that sways him away from signing a fourth outfielder position uh, or, or uh, you know fourth outfielder deal but the, the fact remains he's played 100 games just once in the last four years yeah. um, he's a very consistent hitter when he's healthy he was uh, it was weirdly like a healthy scratch for the later portion of the playoffs uh, for the Astros this year, but it's probably because they're a full roster and they're insanely deep. Uh, but Michael Brantley to me is somebody that stands out as a guy that could give you some serious bench contribution that you did not have. Yeah, mm -hmm. like if he was your like fourth that. outfielder and a bench bat, that would be awesome. Yeah. I just concerned about relying on him, as you said, with the injury history of of being kind of like an everyday guy. But as a fourth outfielder, it's a you know sure. Bring his wheelchair. <laughs> Tyler, you had a second person. I'll let you jump yeah, in so, on who and, else. And again, saying. remember, listen, this is this is a, a conversation on fourth bet fourth outfielders for me. I'm not looking for somebody that's gonna play 125 well, games a You're looking a for year. two things. You're either looking for the guys you have in mind to platoon with Christian Pache in center and corner outfield. Correct. Or yeah. you're looking for an everyday left fielder and you move Brandon Marsh back to center field. So you do kind of have versatility to take this a couple different ways. Correct. And that's why the other guy is a guy that's been bounced around quite a bit over the last couple of years, but it's a guy I've had my eye on the last couple of trade deadlines. He did get moved this trade deadline. This deadline. He went from Colorado, weirdly enough, to the LA Angels. And it's Randall mm. Gritchick. Um, he uh, much lower statistical slash line. I hated him with um, he is a pesky hitter, right? Yeah. He's a 267, uh, posted a 267, 321, 459 split last year. Uh, he does have a little bit of pop. He played 118 games. He can play both corner outfields. He can uh, conceivably maybe give you some first. Uh, I wouldn't consider it, but they tried Jake Cave, so I have no idea what you know what uh, Rob Thompson's got up his sleeve. Um, he had a career low in strikeout percentage last year. His plate discipline has gotten better year after year, uh, and he had his hardest hit. Uh, hardest, highest hard hit percentage uh, since 2018, which means he was seeing the ball really well. He was especially seeing the ball well in Colorado. The numbers dipped when he went to LA, which uh, you know makes sense when you leave Colorado. Um, he's played for four teams over the last three years. I think maybe he's looking for a more consistent home. This is a guy that I'd be extremely happy with if they went with like two year you know, 18 to $20 million range. I'd, I would probably go over AAV to get a guy like this, just to have that continuity and consistency off the bench. And a guy that I know can step in if one of the outfielders isn't playing. Yeah. I like and, and I hated him when he was with the Cardinals. And, and I think that speaks to like your pesky offensive player, uh, just a real pain in the ass, but you know, who's not a pain in your ass, Tyler. That's our friends over at wheelhouse <laughs> cards. Uh, you should check them out because they are awesome. 
It's our go-to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. They have two locations in Wayne and Westchester, and their their motto is cards and community because we're all here because we all love sports. Uh, they carry all of your favorite card brands like Topps Chrome Baseball and Mosaic Football, as well as T-shirts, hats, and hoodies from brands like 47 Brand, Mitchell & Ness, Junk Food, Starter, and one of my favorites, Shy Vintage Sports. So you're looking to grade your sports card collections? I know a lot of people are. Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. Uh, they also host a ton of family-friendly events. Michael Rubin was out there last weekend giving some stuff away, visiting the store. Uh, and birthday parties every month. So if your kid's into cards, great place to have a birthday party. Stop into either of their stores in Wayne or Westchester. Open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Use code PHLY to get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in store. Also, be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. All right. Well, guys, I know there's a lot of other news and things that we'll be able to hit on um, and talk about probably in our show tomorrow. But it is game time. Uh Finally, the moment we've been waiting for. Now, this segment is not sponsored by game time, but it could be Um, as you're getting as we're talking about the 30 different ballparks around Uh Major League Baseball. You also can buy tickets to go to an arena, a stadium, any game using the game time app. And now with the game time app, you're able to see your seats. You can exactly get a sense of where you and your buddies are going to be catching all the action. And the Game Time app allows you to, to find great tickets, great prices. And with the code PHLY, again, for those listening on podcast platforms or watching, it's on your screen. PHLY gets you $20 off of your purchase at the Game Time app. So now when you go out to the ballpark in 2024 or at any of the NBA or NFL games or hockey games, whatever it is, You've got a chance to check out where your tickets are, where your seats are for games, for concerts, for any other events, because it's finally game time, guys. Jamie and I are down, but we're not out. We lost twice in the first times that we played guest that ballpark. And it's time. I think third time is a charm for us to finally get one. Right. right. No, it's probably. <laughs> now, as we've already talked about for anybody that's new to this and hasn't been able to play yet. Um, we are going to be shown an outline of a ballpark. We've already had two so far. We had Fenway. We had Bush Stadium. We were wrong for both. It's not that easy, guys. It's not that easy. So it's just the ballpark. It's not everything else around it. Um, And so with the outline, we have to guess it. You guys in the chat, please... Please, please, please Guess drop your us. thoughts we won't on right. which ballpark you think it is. <laughs> is there cheating? Because I like think I want to. I don't even know if I consult. can cheat properly. Like I, even if I, I try. I think I found something that might be able to help me be closer to being correct, but it's not an outline, so it's not going to help. Yeah, it's just. So I'm going to consult. I'm going to do research. I'm not cheating. I'm gonna do research. All right. So we were wrong in the first. So let's see if we can get this one correct. Tyler <laughs> Zoli's got the correct ballpark for oh, us. Oh jeez. Wait, it, are you kidding? It literally looks just like Bush Stadium to me. Because it's the it's the Puma face. I think phase. for you guys, uh, there is one definitive. Um, there's one definitive optic on this that will help you greatly. Wait, is this the right, same the one right that field? you accidentally? No, flushed? this is not the because same I was one. Just, no. Right so field many, corner. No! So Tyler accidentally flashed the ballpark earlier with the name of it, idiot. and I was hoping that you're going to use the same one so I could get one right. Jamie, did you just have a guess? I, I, I think I have two in my ho- head. Tyler, do you, uh, the thing you think is... I'm not going to un- tell you the answer to that. No, no, no. no. The, the <laughs> thing you think is unique, is it the right field corner? That's what I'm saying. I'm, ooh, not, I'm ooh, not giving ooh. you that answer. I'm going to guess City Field, actually. Mm. I'm going to guess City Field. Blink twice if I'm close. The two I have in my mind, I'll say, and that's Dodger Stadium and Yankee Stadium. Okay. And I, I feel like both are wrong. Hypothetical man's also saying Dodgers with a question mark. I don't know how, uh, you know, how confident you're feeling with that hypothetical man. Uh, Randy's saying Yankees. Dave's saying Allenhead. Go, I'm going Yankees. Yankees are a couple others. The short right field porch. It does look like it's cut a little bit from center to right more so than it is center to left. Uh, I'm going to go Yankee Stadium. That's have my Have you final heard answer. a correct answer yet? Let's go with that first. Do you mean in the chat or from you guys or both? <laughs> both. Just both. Yes. Oh, oh. oh my gosh. Oh. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, Could I okay. Be right? I'm probably um, not. They're saying it actually. I don't see Citizens I, Bank Park. I'm going Yankees. So it, uh, Randy might be right. What did Randy say again? It could be Citizens Bank Park. This game is no, hard. I don't know. No, I'm going Yankees. I'm sticking Yankees. Final answer from me. 
Oh my gosh, I'm so nervous because somebody's right and I want it to be me. It's oh City Field. It's no, it's gonna be like Citizens Bank Park, and I'm no, it's not because Citizens Bank Park looks more like a bell a little bit. Are we are we locking those answers? Uh, in? Mine's locked. Yankees I'm locked. and City Field. This is why I can't play these games. Um, I'm gonna lock it. I'm gonna lock it. Wait, can you now? T- oh man! Yeah, I got one. Oh man! Yeah. Can I get half points for being in the correct stage? No. Oh, I thought I was going to go 0 for after missing Fenway. Man, so I'm really, I was at least in the Empire State. I'm giving myself a half point, even if everybody else does. Man, that feels good. Now I feel like a beer. I wasn't going to drink today, but now I feel like celebrating. Man. Anybody want to in the chat down for meeting for a beer? I just got one right. How First does, round's on me. So, Jamie, now that you finally... I said third time was a charm, and it was for yeah, you. Yeah, it was. How does this make you feel? feel? I feel alive. I feel pretty great. I'm not going to be honest. I don't even think I need coffee anymore. You're not going to be honest. <laughs> I thought I was going to go 0 for 30, so I'm ecstatic, man. Man, Jamie finally got one correct, Ooh. and that is it. I know some other guesses were in the chat were San Fran. We saw the Dodgers. You also said two. I, I had but two you did in my lock head. In of, in of, on, yeah, I had Dodgers and, and Yankee in my Guys, head. we've got to prepare. I know it's MBDBD, we have said you're horrendous at this game. So am I. I'm glad it's not just me. It's really hard. And I tried to cheat too, Dave, and I still guessed wrong also. <laughs> I, I would say cheating is welcome in this game because it's it's hard. Technically, you cannot cheat. I'm actually looking at pictures of ballparks, but it doesn't matter because it looks totally Cheating's different. Cheating is welcome in real baseball. Yeah, this is yeah, yeah. Stealing signals. Uh, Cheat away, people. All right, we're going to work together, guys. We're going to start getting these correct. We're going to all bring our resources and cheating and minds. And tomorrow on our Friday edition, we're going to get it right. Jamie got one right. Happy for you. Did anybody else in the chat get it right? I thought I saw a couple couple Yankees. Mickey Durkin said Yankees. Oh, look at you two. Randy was. Randy. Hypothetical man did say Randy was correct. So some by default, hypothetical man was also in a way correct. All right, good job, you guys. I'm proud of you. You all we get a pat. It. You all get a pat on the back, <laughs> <laughs> or a round of applause. Remember that from back in school. Okay, okay, okay. Tyler does. No, no. A round of applause. Let's give ourselves a round of applause. You no? Mm. Was I the only cool one that did that? Okay. Yeah, yeah cool. <laughs> yep, that's I the word I would too use. I'm too cool for school that I did that. <laughs> all right, well. Must be a Jersey uh, thing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that. All right, we've got more guests guests at Ballpark tomorrow. We also have our Friday with Foley's edition or Fridays with Foley uh, tomorrow as well because we've got more to unpack, more news that's come out around the Phillies, more updates. We'll be keeping an eye. It's Nola Watch, it's Reese Watch, and it's Nick Watch that we're also keeping an eye on. Rumor Mill. Um, The rumor bill has been cooking. All right, thank you guys for tuning in. It's been a pleasure. Jamie won, I didn't, so it hasn't been that much of a pleasure. It's been kind of frustrating <laughs> that we ended on that sour note, but happy for you, Jamie, I guess, or whatever, or whatever. Brandon Woodruff, MBD, says he'd give his left arm for. It's mighty big of you. That may be what we have to talk about Friday. What are you willing to donate to lock in a, a big <laughs> name? Uh, Soto, Woodruff, whoever it is. That's it for us here on PHOI Phillies Podcast. And as always, be sure to subscribe, like, comment. If you miss us live on YouTube, you can watch us back on YouTube later. Or you can jump on to your favorite podcast platforms and listen to us in the car, at home, while you're jogging, while you're going for a walk with your dog and your kids. Whatever it is, we've always got you covered with plenty of Phillies content. For Tyler Zuli, Jamie Lynch, myself, Renee Washington. Thanks for joining us. Have a fantastic rest of your Thursday, and we'll see you back here for Friday for our Friday Foley edition. Right? A bright and early 11 a.m. edition. Yeah. Oh, look at you. I'm it's going the point this week. It's the sneakers, I'm it, telling you. Probably my brain gets like, smarter when my feet are sweating Yeah, hot. instead of like having all this access yeah. to stupidity, it's yeah. like you're locked in, it's literally. Locked in the you're socks. locked in. Locked yeah. in the socks. Ugh. So, uh, yes, 11 o'clock. A.M. Eastern Time tomorrow if you're traveling for whatever reason and you're not on Eastern Time. 11 a.m. We'll be back live with more to talk about. Have a great one, guys. We all city like the mayor. 